0: cougs house all right i know it's a work day but it's game day
1: you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: welcome to locked on cougs the daily podcast about your houston cougars i'm your host houston-born teacher and coach park ranger to break down all things cougs if you're a u of h fan or just a hater can step by please be sure to subscribe down below Then we can lay us on the cougs in your news feed each and every day appreciate you making locked on cougs your first listen of the day and welcome back to the channel that's where you found us it is so good to see you again Remember to hit subscribe. We don't want to give away every 250 subscribers. The next one's 1750. We're over 1,600, So hit subscribe to help us get there. Like and comment on the video so let us know you are in. And if you don't know what to say after hearing something about West Virginia and this game tonight, you just been all West Virginia out. Tell us. Well, so it's so still wearing a black uniform tonight, which other uniforms that Houston wears in football. Has been your favorite. Feel free to pick an alternate from random year. That makes it almost more fun. All right. So today's episode is going to be a deep dive into West Virginia with Coos Kuz from Coos's Corner. You know what? I'm talking too much. I'll get to that conversation. All kinds of fun stuff in this one. Let's jump on in. And we are joined by Coos Walker of the, well, I guess of a couple podcasts of Coos's Corner and the Hoops from the Hilltops podcast, uh, Hill, Hoops from the Hills podcast. I said that wrong. Uh, I'm sorry, Goose. But Goose, how are you doing today as we talk West Virginia?
1: Parker, I am doing great, man, and I appreciate you bringing me on the show.
0: Coos, I got to admit, you've been covering West Virginia for a while. You covered West Virginia and the Big 12 for a couple different podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to totally own something I did wrong, and that was underestimate West Virginia when I was doing my preseason pollings of things. I absolutely was one of the many people that I'm sure had them. I don't think if I had them last or in the bottom, whatever, but I, I just thought I looked at what they did last year going five and seven. I looked at their schedule. They had some you know, difficult non-conference games because those non-conference rivalries with Power 5 schools. I, I didn't think they were going to get here. And instead, the Houston game would theoretically be their fifth win already, matching all of last year. Kuz, mm-hmm. talk us through what's this year been like for West Virginia.
1: Well, first and foremost, you definitely are not the only one. Uh, <laughs> you're one of a, probably every other podcaster and, and media person out there. Uh, and I my, myself, I mean, in my preseason prediction, I had us sitting at two and three right now with losses to Texas Tech and TCU. So we're even overachieving, uh, you know, to my standards and most, most <laughs> in the fan base, I think. Um, but no, I mean, it's we're, 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 we're happy, man. I mean, we're in a good spot, the best spot we've been in in, in, well, since 2018, since Dana left, honestly. Uh, that 2018 team we had with Will Greer, David Seals, those guys, uh, is the last winning se- or last. Last winning season we had during a non-COVID year. Let me put it that way: uh, the COVID year was an exception. Um, but yeah, it's so the last time we won more than six games, uh, or at least on pace two. So it feels good, man. Now we obviously are cautiously uh, optimistic because we know that the tables could turn at any time. This team has a lot of a lot of deficiencies, and we know it. So uh, we're excited. But we're also a little nervous, and and we're still not totally comfortable yet, if that makes sense. Well, say not totally comfortable, but and
0: and I'm going to make the argument, and I made the argument all week. There's a path for Houston to victory in this game, but y'all are favoring this game. You got Oak State after. They've had a rough year. Central Florida, BYU. Oklahoma's good. But then Cincinnati and Baylor – Y'all have a real path to the Big 12 title game. Are you thinking that far down
1: the line, or is that not is that not in the periphery yet? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, mainly because I do a show and I have to talk about it. But, <laughs> I mean, I try not to think about that far ahead, uh, and I hope the team's not thinking that far ahead, obviously. But as a fan, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to speculate. It's fun to, hey, what could be. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I know that more than likely this team's going to lose to Oklahoma. More than likely, we're going to drop a game we're probably not supposed to drop because that happens, especially in this conference. Mm-hmm. This conference, every we're going to probably just eat eat each other up, man. Uh, every team could end up with three, three losses, you know, with the exception of maybe Oklahoma and Texas. So it's just uh, we're cautious optimistic, but at the same time, uh, and we have hope, but at the same time, we're also, we also are trying to be realistic about it and we understand that, you know, uh, anything, anything above, six wins right now is a step in the right direction to be honest no and, and frankly it's all growth from
0: last year like you said i have to admit um after this week as a traditional and a school that will continue to be in the big 12 i would not mind seeing west Virginia win the whole thing <laughs> because this idea that oklahoma and texas could be battling it out kind of rubs me the wrong mm-hmm. yeah. the wrong way obviously um this year, did you know that you had this kind of lightning in a bottle in a in a, in a, a mobile quarterback? Um, they they've had a great ground game with a couple running backs. It looks like, including a younger kind of faster guy. Um, did you see that coming, or
1: has that all been kind of a shock to the system? We the running game part we saw coming. I mean i I've been on record saying all along this this is a style of football we need to play. I didn't think it would be this this one sided as far as run to pass. But I, I knew we needed to be a running football team. And when you look at a strong offensive line, we knew we had a talented running back room. We knew we had a lot of new faces at receiver. And we knew that we had a quarterback that could run the ball. And he's probably, a, at least at this point in his career, a better runner than he is a passer. So we knew that was probably going to be our bread and butter. Um, so that, that part wasn't a surprise. The surprise has been our defense. We did not expect our defense to be this good. That's really been the, the huge uh, shock all of us really uh, in Mountaineer Nation well and defensively you know that typically
0: the kind of shock in modern football comes when you have new guys you only have a couple new starters I was really impressed I text, I went back for the message the other day about Beanie mm-hmm. Bishop yeah uh, you have a safety named Anthony Wilson who's new if I'm, if I'm not mistaken um but what has been the difference it's just been those couple new bodies is it you know experience
1: what's going on over there uh, all of the above, uh, but mainly when you look back at last year's team, our defense was atrocious. We were bottom 100 and something in the country in defense. So what they did in the offseason, a couple of different things. One, they went back and uh, they did a lot more tackling during fall camp, during even during spring ball. Uh, last, year, they, last year, we didn't have a whole lot of depth, so they decided not to tackle as much at practice. Well, we were a terrible tackling team throughout the yeah. whole season. So the coaching staff this year decided, you know what, we if we want to be a good tackling team, we've got to tackle at practice. And so that's what they decided to do. They said, we've got to be a physical team. We've got to tackle better. So they just spent more time tackling and working on their tackling. Uh, we're still not – we're a little bit deeper than we were last year. We're still not quite as deep as we'd like to be, you know, at certain positions. But they knew they, they didn't have a choice. They were going to have to tackle better. Uh, and then, two, they simplified the defense a little bit. They, they changed some things around. And I'm not going to get into the weeds with it, but they changed some things around as far as how they cover to simplify things in, in the secondary so the guys wouldn't have to think as much. And uh, it's, it allows them to play a lot faster and, and just go run run to the football, you know, and do their job. They don't have to do as much thinking. So that's that's two big things. And then, you know, we've added the right pieces. Um, Beanie Bishop being the primary one you mentioned. We're extremely deep on the defensive line. We, we go 10 or 11 guys deep there. Some of those guys are transfers. So, I mean, they really another
0: – Further down the lineup, right? Not the starting group, but, like, in the in the second and third Well, Mike year. Lockhart,
1: our, our nose tackle, is a transfer. He transferred in last year.
0: Last year, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's not on my radar, but that makes sense.
1: I got you, yeah. Uh, but as far as transfer guys in this year, you're correct. It's the guys who were second and third uh, – second, the two and three deep. Uh, are, are. We have several transfers in the two and three deep up front. And then Mike Lockhart was a transfer a year ago. Um, but, yeah, that's – I mean, that's really it, man. We just, and we've had guys step up that we didn't, you know, that that have really played better than we anticipated.
0: All right. So we're breaking down this matchup. We're talking through what's going to happen, et cetera. But you've got some idea what you think is going to happen as well. That's why you need to go to FanDuel and put some money where your math is. FanDuel.com slash locked on. We get shipped $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. If you play a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The line has moved a lot this week for the Houston-West Virginia game. The current line, as of this recording, is West Virginia minus 2.5. I'm taking the Cougs in this one, and I think they win by a field goal, so I'm taking them over the top of that for sure. I also think the over-under set at 49.5 feels really, really low. I know West Virginia likes to run the football, but... I just feel like Houston's got more firepower than that. I think this is going to be closer to 30 to 30. I think it's going to be in the 30s for sure. Make sure you use the app to do it. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the season today. Talk to me about, uh, and then I want to get into some matchup stuff, but the linebacker, Lee Pogba? Lee Pogba? Pogba? Um Pogba. Mm -hmm. I'm probably still not saying that. That's okay. No worries. I'm sure I'm going to hear his name a lot on Thursday. I hope so. Here Um, he is really, really Mm -hmm. like a classic, like 2002 linebacker, like downhill in your face, hit you in the mouth. He'll meet Mike Alston the hole, like that kind of a dude. Um, What, what are you expecting out of him this Thursday in a more spread offense? I know Dana is not quite the air raid guy. He once
1: was, but what do you expect him to do against this kind of an offense? Well, they—he uh, has been going. He's primarily a Mike linebacker, middle linebacker. But they have, where Trey Lathan, our weak side linebacker, has been injured. He's out for the season with that broken leg that he suffered in the TCU game. When when the backup Ben Cutter, who's a true freshman, comes in, they actually move Toba over to weak side linebacker so that he can blitz more. <laughs> and he's likely going to be playing that spot this this Saturday. So you're probably going to be seeing him pressuring uh, Donovan Smith a lot uh, tomorrow night. Well,
0: and, and Houston's giving up some pressure, taking a lot of sacks. Um, I want to go through some matchups in this. I would first point out that, you know, as a show that is brought to you by FanDuel, I feel like I got to point out that the, the line has moved. People are getting closer and closer on this game as the week goes on. Um, the first matchup, though, I think everyone wants to hear about your fans, my fans, uh, Dana Holgers and Neil Brown. I mean, right. these are, are two guys that are not new to this, right? Um, obviously, have both spent time in West Virginia and um, and frankly, um, kind of at d- very different spots in their careers, right? Dana, uh, there's a lot of talk, is he in the hot seat, is he not in the hot seat, a lot of loud fans talking about, you know, we need to move on. And he's got some loyal supporters, too. I don't mean to say it, but he's got some loud fans saying they don't. Um, and then Neil Brown on the inverse is kind of in what might have been a make-or-break year for him, also year five, having one of the best years the program's had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, as you see it, what do you see as the, the matchup? How do you see that breaking down between those two guys, having gotten to watch both
1: uh, coach football? Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, you see the unique thing about the, the, these two guys are complete opposites at least from my observations, is how they coach a football team. Um, neither one's necessarily better or worse than the other, just different, right? They're totally different personalities, totally different approaches to the game, but they do both come from the same background. Uh, Neil Brown, they both come from the Mike Leach Air Raid system. Uh, Neil Brown, you know, played for those guys, Hal Mummy and Mike Leach at Kentucky. Dana came up coaching with those guys. So they're both from that tree matter of fact, I think Dana may have actually played for Hal Mummy as well at one time. Back in the, like, NAIA yeah. days. Yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So, yeah, he's a little older than Neil, I think. So, yeah, um, so they both come from that same – but it's funny, you've watched them both evolve into guys who want to run the football, right? We saw Dana do that at West Virginia it, back in 2015, 2016 when we had Skylar Howard as our quarterback. Skyler was a good runner, and they they he molded the offense to fit what he had to fit his personnel. And you look and you're going, wait a minute. I thought Dana was an air raid guy. Well, lo and behold, he started running football and that was our our best year under him. (laughs) Well, our best big 12 season under him
0: was that year.
1: And we won 10 games that year, finished 10 and two. uh, And we, we ran the ball like 55, 60% of the time. So even when Dana was coaching us, running the ball was our bread and butter. You know, the years that we were, we were really good. So, uh, it's it's been cool to see both of those guys evolve in that regard. As far as the matchup goes, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting. I know both of them kind of downplayed it during their press conferences. Both had nice things to say about the other school and the other program. Neil had nice things to say about Dana. So it's you know those guys. I don't. They look at it as another game. I think it's us and you know the fan base that get in the media that get to kind of look at the matchup and and the the uh, storyline, right? Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, exactly.
0: Line. It's a great storyline. I can't believe your mark and the Big Twelve have this game being. I like for us that it's a home game. I can't believe it's not in Morgantown. Oh, no. Can you? Even I, Dana said that. <laughs> like this, this Thursday night's game being. I mean, we're wearing all black. It's a blackout. I'm sure it'd be the exact same thing, or or Nate or dark or whatever. Um, the chaos that ensues, and assuming Dana's around next year, if they go home and home and go to Morgantown next year, I guess, um, like he'll have a lot of people let's just say not so happy I mean not so happy to see him but also really excited to yell at him when he shows up mm-hmm. um, in large part and this is my somewhat of a long transition long-winded transition because he bluntly you know made some negative comments about the high school kids he was getting at West Virginia compared mm-hmm. to other kids across the country and, and in Houston specifically on his way out the door um, you know he is not Necessarily shied away, but he hadn't talked a lot about that since. I noticed in looking at West Virginia's roster, in the trenches, they've got a lot of West Virginia kids. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, what do you see, and I want to get to a specific name in a second, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you'll bring him up. Um, what do you see in the trenches, in those matchups? Because that's the biggest jump Houston's running
1: into and moving in the Big 12 is the trench play. Yeah, well, it start out on the offensive side of the ball, we we're not as deep on the offensive front, but we are very experienced. I mean, we we had – coming into the season, we had over 130 starts among our starting five. You know, um, we got, we had two guys – actually three guys who started as freshmen, maybe four, because Doug Nestor came over from Virginia Tech. I'm not sure if he started as a freshman there or not, but I know we had at least three guys who, who played a lot or at least started – as or maybe even started as freshmen on the offensive line. And now those guys are juniors and seniors. Um, so they have a lot of experience under the belt. And three of those guys are from West Virginia, as you mentioned. Right tackle Doug Nestor, who transferred here from Virginia Tech. You know, obviously he didn't want to play for Dana because he went to Virginia Tech during that time. <laughs> and then when Neil became coach, he transferred. But, uh, and who knows? I don't even know if Dana recruited him. Honestly, I, don't, I said that kind of tongue in cheek, but no, yeah, yeah, trying but to take a shot. But anyway, <laughs> uh, left tackle Wyatt Milam is also a West Virginia kid. He's going to play. He he's been probably from a pro football focus standpoint has been our best performing lineman this year. And, uh, again, he's, he's one of another guy that he can beat people one-on-one. We don't have to double team his guy. So just like our center, Zach Frazier, who I'm sure you were going to bring up does not have, does not need a double team. He takes everybody on -on one-on-one and 90% of the time he wins that battle. Uh, so we've got three West Virginia guys up there, and then we've got a West Virginia guy on the defensive front, Sean Martin at the defensive end position. Uh, it's also a West Virginia guy. So we've got four guys on the offensive and defensive line that are all West Virginia born and bred and played high school football in the state. So, And we have a lot of other guys on the team, too, at different skill positions and defensively that, that are from West Virginia. So it's we've got nine or ten guys on this team that are from the state of West Virginia in the two deep. So. Well,
0: and those are the guys, I'm sure, are taking that the most personal. I got to pause on Zach Frazier, though, because one of my favorite guys, So I like the trenches, and one of my favorite guys on Houston's roster is Chidozier or Dot, Nwankwo, mm-hmm. our nose tackle. Now, he's an undersized guy by pro metrics. He's more mm-hmm. like 5'10", 5'11". He might list himself six foot, but he's stocky and built, like a very athletically like big guy. He's only about 290, 295. Um, which is not the 350 pound guy like Cincinnati has, or I mean, I saw a TCU has some guy like four fifty. Like he's not that guy, right? Um, but one of the linchpins when Houston has success in the defensive line and stopping the run is that he demands a double team. West Virginia has gone by my count to this year without having to do that at all.
1: And they and won't this week either, I doubt. Now
0: that's, that's what I was gonna won't, ask is they won't, they won't how they won't vital start out that way. No, it won't start out that way. How vital is it to what they do? Because that's a big advantage. You want to go Mm one-on-one. Most centers, because they're half a step late or whatever, because they got to snap the football. Um, They're typically a little bit smaller offensive linemen. Um, Most centers have to. If anything, it looks like to me, when Zach Frazier's involved in the double team, it's really to help the guard. Um, How big of an advantage is that for West Virginia and what they do? I I know that you can get into scheme. I don't know how nitty-gritty you want to get in on it, but... (laughs) Um, how big of
1: an advantage is that for West Virginia to have a center that doesn't need it all that often? Oh, I mean, it's massive. I mean, when I think it really determined or helped determine what the identity of this team was going to be. You know, we could not be that run-heavy, run-first, uh, smash-mouth football team if we did not have a center that could, that could play the way Zach Frazier's playing. And, and really, all the guys up front playing the way they're playing you, because they're all involved, obviously.
0: Alright, so if you're looking for a lot of talent for your roster, like West Virginia has added the corner spot, like Houston's added with kids from West Virginia, or what have you, make sure you go to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to add to your team today. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs you find the right people with the right team faster and for free. Again, LinkedIn jobs. You find the right qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post up for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. It's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Push up for free terms and conditions
1: apply. I got a text one night from, uh, Josh neighbors. Uh, you're one of your former coworkers on locked on, he, <laughs> yeah. uh, he, uh, he was, he was like, man, I, he said, I have so much fun watching your team because I love how many different ways they can find to run the football. And I'm like, really? I, I said I'm, I'm. I said I'm sitting here as a fan, frustrated because we can't throw it. But <laughs> but it was interesting to hear his take on it because. And then I started paying more attention. They they can dial up so many different run plays because we can because of the experience, the football intelligence, the you know the amount of snaps these guys have, and the chemistry they play with together. All of that plays into it, and uh, so it's huge, man. I mean, we we couldn't be the team we are right now, and we wouldn't be four and one, just to be honest without it. And uh I do want to mention though, real quick before I forget, because I'm not sure if you're aware or not, you may be, uh, our left guard, Tomas Remack, starting left guard, is going to be out for this game. I heard and, that. Yeah. And then someone else is playing after getting poked in the eye pretty bad. Like, Why, like the left tackle I mentioned, Wyatt Milam. Yeah. Is is a game time decision. Uh he's been he's been practicing with a red jersey all week. Now he's he's experienced enough to wear He won't necessarily have to play practice in order to play. I mean, he's a he's a junior who's been starting since he was a freshman. So he's he's had the reps. Yeah, yeah, he's had enough reps to to, you know it's not a big deal. So if he can go on game day, they may play him. But it's we don't know yet if he's going to play. If not, we're going to have two backup linemen on the left side, and we really only go about six, seven deep on the offensive line this year. We're going to be at number six and seven, essentially. To start the game,
0: well, and, and Houston's got some pass rush. That's why I, I keep right. talking about the ra- the ground game because that's why I think West Virginia does well. And I think this has been the biggest adjustment for Houston as far as the skinny guys go. Um, you know, we could talk about Garrett Green, the quarterback, and how athletic and, and mobile he is. I mean, in my episode yesterday, I talked to him about needing to get him contained, but still fluster Like, don't want to flush him because he's going to run around to you, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but still getting after him. What what do you see? As an advantage for West Virginia amongst those skinnier, athletic type guys, not the big fellows, because we understand they have a pretty big size advantage up front. But what what about the skinny guys works to their advantage in this game?
1: Now, if you if you're including running backs in that in that in that discussion, um, I don't know if I'd call CJ Donaldson skinny, but uh, <laughs> 238, eh? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I'm kidding. He, he's skinny compared to Zach Frazier so uh see i get it uh no we we uh obviously the running backs is, is a big key there uh cj donaldson has not had a, his best two games the last two games but he, he's he's gotten banged up and you know we got to remember this is only he's only played running back full time now for 12 12 13 games because he did not come in as a running back he was a receiver and tight end in high school so uh, he's still learning the position and he's not used to taking that kind of beating so this week off should have helped him tremendously so I expect he will look more like the C.J. Donaldson we saw in the pit game, versus the one we saw last week against TCU. So he should give us a, a huge boost there. We also have Jaheim White, the guy you, I think you mentioned early on in the video. He's a true freshman, and he's just—they felt they're trying to work him in slowly. But he's, but he's honestly, when he's in there, he's out, he's outperforming the other guys. So Coach Brown said he's going to try to get him more snaps going forward because he does give us another level of explosiveness that we haven't had. CJ's not a – you know, CJ's a, uh, you know, put your foot in the ground, get uphill running back. Jaheim's more shifty. So he gives us that shiftiness, kind of a thunder-lightning type scenario mm-hmm. is, is what I like to call it. But, uh, you know, expect him to maybe get more run. The one the one position that's really given us the most uh, – that's been the biggest struggle is, is, is the uh, wide receiver position. We lost almost all of our production last year, whether it be the graduation or the portal. And we had to bring in a lot of new guys. Uh, A couple of those guys haven't panned out. A couple of the guys we had from last year didn't pan out. They've already redshirted and and decided to enter the portal. And then we've got some true freshmen that have stepped up. Uh, Rodney Gallagher, he's probably going to get more playing time, number two. He's a true freshman, was a four-star recruit out of the Pittsburgh area. And then uh, E.J. Horton is a transfer from Marshall, who's the fastest receiver on the team. Uh, they're going to try to get him more reps too, because we really don't. Mm-hmm. He's really the only guy we have, we've got that can take the top off the defense.
0: Well, I was going to say though, if you have trouble with separation, like it sounds like, taking the top off is one way to at least do something, mm-hmm. right? Um, you've studied this for this game all week. You've got your own West Virginia content, West yeah. Virginia person, I should say. Contern- what are you worried
1: about? I'm definitely worried about the depth, but uh, I'm worried about Donovan Smith and his ability to run. Concerns me because uh, he is a good running quarterback and he's big, so he's hard to bring down. Uh, that concerns me a little bit. And then your wide receivers. I mean, you guys have got wide receivers that are really talented. And even though Beanie Bishop, that you mentioned earlier, has done a good job in coverage, and Malachi Ruff and our other corner has done a good job in coverage, uh, this is probably going to be the best receiving room we've seen so far. So that that concerns me. And then, you know, we, we're probably going to have a guy out in the, in the secondary too. Our safety, Aubrey Burks, the one that got the uh, neck, head, head and neck injury in the TCU game is likely not going to play. Uh, so, so that concerns me a little bit too. So
0: I don't, and I, I don't mean to say he should be rushing back. I was surprised to hear his year is not done. He got, he got messed up. Um, yeah, we thought so, but it yeah, out and so it wasn't as bad you know, as
1: it looked, apparently.
0: Yeah, and so, and so, hats off, and and you know, happy that the kid's going to be okay. I, I really thought his year was done. Um, yeah, we so all hap, happy to hear that. Um, predictions. Now I know I keep saying West Virginia guy because you do a fairly good job of taking your your bias out of your analysis so i, I hope when i say what's your dean guy you don't take that too personal no
1: I, I, no no, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I own it man look at i mean, look at my wall behind me it, it, it,
0: <laughs> but you're you seem know.
1: to be very honest i try to um be. what what are you, the line
0: for FanDuel is two and a half points the over under just got moved to 49 and a half how do you see this one playing out
1: wow 49 and a half that's low um
0: it feels really low
1: okay i how do you feel it playing out I don't. I don't. I think it'll be a little more than, I don't think it'll be in the 30s. I do think the game will be in the 20s, but I think it'll be a little more than 29 and a half. And I think that two and a half number is pretty, pretty close. And for the reasons I mentioned, uh, it's on the road, or that you mentioned as well, on the road, hostile environment, weeknight. This, you know, I, I know what Dana can can what he can say in his press conference, but I have a hard, I have a feeling that a lot of the guys on his team has this game circled. Tony Mathis. Michael Laughlin, Sam Brown, to name three, three you that they, played at West Virginia. Right, like not just yeah, that, three. <laughs> right. That's, those are three guys who transferred from West Virginia. I guarantee you, they've got this game circled on their calendar because they're competitors, right? And and they're, they they want to beat their their former teammates. I mean, that's just that's that's the nature of a competitor. So I'm sure they those guys are probably going to play balls out, and then and the other guys will probably follow suit, right? Because they want to beat them for their teammates. Uh, not, not sure if it affects Dana in the way he coaches the game, but, and, and look, there's a lot of staff members over there mm-hmm. that have been at West Virginia, Ryan Dorchester, uh, Doug Belk, uh, Mike Burchett. I mean, there's the kill he, shorts played at West Virginia. So, I mean, he brought a lot of his guys with him. Yeah, no, for sure. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sure those guys want to win this one big time. So I've got – they're going to bring – got a feeling Houston's going to bring their A game as far as an effort standpoint. And, uh, and you know, and, and I feel like this could potentially be a letdown spot for West Virginia too. Like I've mentioned on my show, they've been playing with a chip on their shoulder because they've been disrespected. People don't expect them to win. This is the first time this season I think they've been a favorite in a game other than their game against their FCS opponent. Right. So how, how do they handle that, right? Can they Can they handle success? Can they play as well without that chip on their shoulder? C- can they keep the chip on their shoulder? You know all of those questions. As I put out in one of my in a shorts video earlier this week, don't eat the rat poison, Mountaineers. <laughs> as when, as Nick Saban will say, you know, when people yeah. start saying nice, nice things about you, it's rat poison. Don't listen to it. So hopefully, hopefully they they take that mantra and and run with it, and, and don't and kind of block out the outside noise and just focus on the game.
0: <laughs> well, maybe that's why I'm subtly saying. That they got an outside shot to win the Big 12. It's just giving you more rat poison. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, thanks. Thanks, Parker.
0: Coos, <laughs> you've done a great job covering this all week, all year. You have a couple channels. One does football, one does basketball. Mm-hmm. Tell people where to find you and your work as they're getting ready for the game tonight.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can find me at uh, obviously my website called Corner.com, which I do have a blog. It's, It's been a little bit slow. I haven't put a lot up there yet lately, but. But you can find me there. Uh, you can also get access to my podcast and my videos there as well. Uh, but primarily, you can find me on YouTube at Cousa's Corner, uh, spelled C-O-U-Z apostrophe S for those of you who are listening. And then uh, I have a basketball channel called Hoops from the Hills, where I, a partner and I cover the West Virginia basketball team. Uh, we just put a video out today regarding the Kansas situation and uh, kind of tongue in cheek, but yet some semi serious said West Virginia, we should we should hang a Big Twelve championship banner now. <laughs> because uh Kansas beat us for the title in the big 12 title game that year and they they got it stripped away so does that automatically make us the champs i don't right, know right. <laughs> Hang the banner baby that's all i know <laughs> but anyway um so go, you know go check out hoops from the Heels if you want to keep up with West Virginia basketball and uh, and like i said coos's corner is the football channel where i cover west virginia big 12 and a lot of conference tree stuff so
0: Well, and it's a fun place. It's informative. Uh, It's good to, you know, always get some recon on the other teams. And, frankly, we got to have you back on basketball season. Uh, Houston opens up the basketball season with Virginia, the Big 12 portion of the basketball season with West Virginia in early January.
1: Uh, We've not had any – it's been a boring golf season for West Virginia. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: man, I really was looking forward to that coaching matchup, but that's no more. Um, anyway, Coos, thank you for coming on today. Again, we'll talk to you again soon about basketball and other things. Absolutely. But uh good to have you on, good to talk to you again, man.
1: Yeah, thank you, Parker. Been a been a pleasure. All right, so that's
0: all we got today. Thank you so much to Coos for stopping by. It was great to talk to Coos again. Can we talk to him about basketball as well? He's a great job covering all things. West Virginia conference alignment, all of it. Let's so go check out his multiple podcasts breaking those things down. Thanks all so much for tuning into Locked On Cougs Day and Go Cougs tonight. will be live after the game for cooks After Dark, a post game show that will also feed into Friday for a recap of the game. So make sure you go check that out tomorrow or tonight, depending on how late you want to stay up after the game's over. Locked On Cougs, the Prime Locked On Podcast Network, and that means your team every day. Go Cougs!